When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hockey fans, if you'd like a copy of my new book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to flankerpress.com. If you'd like a personalized copy for $25 plus shipping, email me at terryryan2020 at gmail.com. That's terryryan2020 at gmail.com. Gentlemen, boys, and girls, welcome to episode 130B of Tales with TR. From beautiful Mount Pearl, Newfoundland, although not so beautiful today unless you like blizzards. It's one of those days, those days in November, weather got shitty all of a sudden. We were wearing a t-shirt. Right up until a week or two ago, and then it overnight, well, literally overnight, I guess, the weather turned one day, and now it's snow and slush and sleet and cold. This is when, uh, yeah, just eventually my goal is just to have, uh, I shouldn't say have a spot, just be able to get down south twice during the winter. If I knew that during this time here or... Like two weeks in November, two weeks in February or January that I was gone south. Um, if I, yeah, it would be for the brain just such, uh, what's the word? Something to look forward to, you know? I just hate the winter. I do. I love Canada. I love Newfoundland. And I love things that we do in the winter. Skiing or skating or, you know. Those nice winter wonderland days, go for a hike, see your breath, bundle up, have a fire, eggnog, Santa. I mean, I don't know. There's lots of stuff that I like about the winter. But uh, it's all just despite the, you know, I'd I'd rather be down somewhere where there wasn't snow. I got to be honest. But I'd also rather be amongst my own and my culture and my heritage. And there's no way around that. In Canada, most, the vast majority of Canada, 
save for parts of Vancouver Island, at least in my experience, where it often does goes all year without snowing. Other than that, there's going to be snow and likely, depending on where you are, but likely a lot of snow. And I don't, I'd, 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 I never like it, but it'd be easier to take if I just knew that, yeah, I'd be gone for a couple, two weeks, twice, so a month altogether, to somewhere that I can just walk out the door with shorts on. It doesn't have to be South Beach. I have buddies that bought a trailer somewhere in Georgia, like not even Atlanta or Macon or like way outside for like 15 grand a bunch of years ago. And, you know, go down and just, you know, they don't necessarily just want the, the nice weather. They don't need to be. It was literally in a trailer park. I, I'm all about it. I'd do something like that. No sweat. Or a timeshare or something. Everybody wants different things. Anyway, welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in. Brad Lukowicz coming. So I'll give you a little bit of a history on Luko before he comes on. He's going to come on here any second. Um, Luko, I played against him. So he's a year older than me. I'm a 77. He's a 76. But I first came in where I tell you guys a story about how I went out and I played out west in Cornell junior a at 14 and everything well he was 15 and he was also playing there's a few of us in the league jason weimer was in the league uh, that i remember uh adam deadmarsh the year before mike mcbain and uh i believe a guy tyler willis and uh there's one more maybe that's it maybe so so myself anyway lukowich he was in cranbrook so i remember playing against luko and um we actually, so, you know, I got drafted to Tri-Cities. He was going to Kamloops. He got drafted to Kamloops the year before me. So we kind of went into the Western League. I, I think he went in one year ahead of me. But we got in there and, or maybe not, come to think of it. In any case, I remember my aunt came out, my, my aunt and uncle, to see me play. And I was so excited. One of my first games, Major Junior. And Luco, I kind of knew because, you know, you, you have that camaraderie before the game. I remember going to Kamloops and talking to him. And our, and our parents... Our fathers, sorry, played pro against each other. So there was a little bit of a common denominator. I mean, I was out west, lost at sea, man. I was like, I just had, you know, before the days of the internet and all my buddies are in St. John's and Mount Pearl and anywhere in Newfoundland. Anyway, I, I've, I've talked about this before. I won't beat a dead horse. But I was kind of buddies with Luca, but we had to knock him down, drag him out, fight in a line brawl uh, when I was 16. And anyway, I got suspended one. And my, my relatives came for four total home games. Over the span of a week, it was one, you know, they specifically picked this time and I got suspended for uh, two or three of them for that. It was a line brawl. My my jersey and everything came off. Something else happened. I don't recall, but they didn't see me play. I remember that. And uh, anyway, but Luco was a, our tribal man. We played them. We, were, we ran into Kamloops. They were in a dynasty. He played four years major junior. If I'm not mistaken, and two of them won the Memorial Cup, one in 93, 94, and the other one in 94, 95, and they had to go through us both times. We gave an effort, but uh, Kamloops were simply one of the best junior teams ever, and for real. I mean, they won three out of five Memorial Cups. And the other thing, Luco went on. Luco on that team wasn't this big dominant defenseman. He was really, really good. You could tell he was going to play pro. I mean, they had guys like that. Everybody on their, everybody, but their D especially, all of them, like they were pro. Like you could tell that. So Luco, though, I mean, he was probably third to sixth at all times he was there. But you could tell. Now he went on and he, he won two fucking Stanley Cups, one with Dallas and one with uh, 
Colorado. Uh, no, Tampa. Fuck, Tampa Bay. And, uh, you know, just was steady Eddie and played a, a long time in the NHL. I believe almost 700 games. We'll revisit all this now in a minute when I get him on. But uh, anyway, that's it. So because I don't want to have to go in chronological order. So I want to give you somewhat of the background. Beluco was one of those guys, and he was a gel guy in the room. He'd drop his gloves if he had to. He was inadequate. I used to say, and I don't mean this as an insult to him, he was a poor man's Wade Redden, but he could really fight. And I don't think Reds could fight that well. He would, but I don't think he was very good at it. And uh, Luco was like, you know, and, and by that I mean kind of stay at home, but give him an opportunity. Like when he was 18, 19 in Kamloops, he was a scorer. And in 19 at defense, I think he had a point a game. Kind of like Redden. Redden was known for his poise. Uh, I kind of remember Lukowicz like that. He, he, You know, on Kamloops, he was out there to get points. But in the NHL, um, didn't always have the offensive numbers of a guy like Redden, but was... You know, and, and Redden was fucking second overall. He was a bona fide superstar. Luco was a very, very good NHLer that stuck, got a couple of cups, and still lives in Texas, went back to Texas, visits his home in Cranbrook. And he's really into music. I remember him touring with uh, Nickelback. So we'll hear all about that. Anyway, I am going to welcome him in just a few moments. And, uh, yeah, stay tuned. We'll be right back with one of my favorites, Brad the Hammer Lukowicz. Ladies and gentlemen, my next guest won two Memorial Cups in three seasons as part of the mid-90s Kamloops Blazers, one of the best junior hockey teams ever assembled. Drafted 90th overall by the New York Islanders in 1994, he'd play three more seasons in the minors en route to more than a decade-long career in the National Hockey League, suiting up with six teams total and twice winning hockey's most coveted prize, the Stanley Cup, once with the Dallas Stars in 1999, and then again with the Tampa Bay Lightning in 2004. These days, he makes Texas home, teaching hockey, amongst other things, while making it back to his hometown of Cranbrook, B.C., once in a while, a place he still holds near and dear to his heart. He is a dangling D-man, a killer coach, a wonderful Westerner, a hell of a hockey player, a bright British Columbian. He started junior like me on a team in B.C. He played for the Colts long before the Bolts. Like senior, it's true. His dad played pro, too. Dwight Yoakam has nice buckles, and this dude could chuck the knuckles. Ding, ding, goes the bell. He was offensive as well. He enjoyed the odd beer during his awesome hockey career. His junior, his humor is dry, and he's an old-school guy. Folks, when Teddy sees open ice, they say, you go, Hitch. And welcome to the show. It's my buddy, Brad Lukowicz. Brad, how the hell are you doing? I'm, doing, man. I'm awesome, man. I appreciate it. That was great. Well done. Okay. Well, you deserve it. Look at those guitars in the background. So tell me, you're in Texas. I know you're into music. What kept yeah. you there? You're married. You got kids. What's up? Yeah, I got married up. And uh, well, when I retired, I went back to Canada for a little bit. So I got into some coaching up there. And really, the, the good jobs were down south. So we moved down back down here and uh, basically got involved with the uh, Dallas Stars, their, their minor youth uh, programs. Uh, I've been coaching and doing some stuff with them. And well, my daughter's into the music world, so I get the best of both worlds, and I don't have to worry about the uh, the snow. So what? Yeah, I mean, that's the big thing. I was just talking about that, unrelated, but, I mean, we got to deal with this, right? In an ideal world, I love Canada. I love Newfoundland especially. I wouldn't live here. But if I could just get down south two or three times for extended periods during the winter, yeah. I'd be fine. So your daughter's into music? Yeah, she got into it. I, I We have all these 
guitars and I have a bunch of have the drums and I, you know, I obviously I, I was into it and I hung out with the guys, a lot of guys, it, it, real simple. A lot of guys, when they were leave the rink, they went to the golf course and kind of did that stuff. I went to, if there was a band in town, I'd usually go to the, go to the concert hall or wherever they were playing in town and try to get in there for the, uh, for the, uh, for the warm up, listen to their sound checks and get to meet the guys a little bit. That's kind of how I got into it and became good buddies with them over the years and then when uh, old COVID hit there, my daughter was just sitting around doing nothing. And she just started doing different ones. She tried the drums, then she tried the guitar, then she fell in love with the bass. And now she uh, she slaps the bass, man. She kicks ass at it. That is great. Yeah. That's great, especially something good to come out of COVID. Like, we, we, I mean, I don't right. ever want to experience that shit again. It was horrible. No, but there were things, like, if you really wanted, like, you know, I did, I, I had you know, some jot notes. I turned it into a book. My daughter, I mean, it, it was easy to do. I'm not making this all about me. I'm just saying like I, for my daughter, I looked and I'm like, I hope I don't have to really get, cause as it went on and on, but it wasn't, she took a liking to reading and writing and okay. I was like, perfect. You know, something yeah. positive out of this. Um, yeah. but listen, you're, you're preaching to the choir. That's exactly what I did. I suck at golf. I got to know, <laughs> Jim Cuddy, like people who would hang around the rink that liked hockey and the same thing, I would go out to sound checks, maybe get to know them a little bit, played in the odd Juno Cup then, and then I got to know a lot of the, and a lot of the hockey guys did that up here. Yeah. So how did you, now I know Nickelback are from Cranbrook. <laughs> so is that, was that the initial meeting or, or did you go back and is it just really ironic? Okay, so they live in a little town in Alberta, about three hours from Cranbrook, actually. It's called Hannah, Alberta. Okay, I didn't know And that. how it how it all started basically is we beat Edmonton in four games and they gave a, it, it was uh, 2000 and we got a whole like seven days off. Whoever we were playing, I think it was St. Louis in the next round. They were, they were locked at two, two. They gave us about four or five days off. So they gave us the weekend to go run wild. And a couple of us went to this, this awesome location downtown called trees. And back then the big band was three doors down. Uh, yeah. I think that's them right there. Well, they they basically were they were the headliner that night, and I would love that song, the Superman song. Trip yeah. tonight was awesome. So we go there and we're hanging out. Well, this opening band that was there, and we went into Trees, and uh, they, uh, upstairs they used to have like the VIP bar. So I'm there with about four other guys on the team, and we walk up into line. It's jammed up there, and this opening band is playing. They sound really good, but we're sitting there and. We're in line, so we order around. You know, first guy pays, and we, we smash our beers real quick before the song's even over. So we get back in line, and we're waiting and waiting. We're like, man, this is kind of we're missing the band. So the next guy, let's get two. So we hammer two beers back. Well, the next guy, well, let's do three. We get to the fourth guy, and he just happened to be a first round pick, and had the back then they had the big like one point five million dollars signing bonuses, and he wanted to flash some cash to us. Well, he's on the black aces anyways. He wasn't even playing. But he's out hanging with us. He goes, I want you to take all the beers and all the alcohol, and I want you to put it over there in that little corner where we're sitting. And they got security, and he bought all the alcohol in the building. So was, we're sitting there, and we can see over the balcony. We watched Nickelback. We didn't even know who they were, who they were at the time. Yeah. We're just like, oh, these guys are great. So they go off the stage. Three Doors Down is on stage, and about two minutes into the first gig, these guys are like, Hey man, can we come hang out with you guys? It was a drummer, Ryan Vickadal. He's like, Hey man, can I hang out with you guys? Like we're from Hannah, Alberta. We're like, yeah, how, yeah, yeah. You know about us? He goes, yeah, yeah. Didn't even know it's the drummer. So they come and they sit down. It's about an hour into it. We finally figure out, well, we're actually sitting with the band. Well, the reason why is because they couldn't get a beer from the bar. We had all the alcohol. 
<laughs> we bought it all because the flex. Oh, yeah. That- <laughs> yeah. So three doors down is done there, set, and it's you know they have curfew downtown, so it was about twelve o'clock, midnight, one o'clock. I guess it was in there, and they didn't leave till four. But they're like, you guys got to get out of here. They took all the beers, threw it on the bus, and we had a big street party in, the, in Deep Elm. That's how I, I – so my first day with them, and Chad had this video recorder. He'd always walk around with this video recorder. I remember being on the bus and him throwing it right in my face. And I was like, I love you guys. You're the greatest band ever. I love Three Doors Down. He goes, we ain't Three Doors Down, bud. Oh, <laughs> I was my like, oh. God. Yeah, so that's how I met Nickelback. And then uh, – it's just been we've been buddies ever since the, the bass player wound up mike and i have been friends forever and he made our wedding bands actually for our when we got married wow. he made our wedding wedding rings and stuff so we've been in touch ever since he's got a new record out this week so good yeah, Canadian I like boys it too i like yeah, it. it's great yeah, a little different a little different yeah i mean yeah yeah at the single i forget i i played that first anyway it's real catchy so i i was watching over the years, again, because people don't realize either, when I say Brad Lukowicz Jr., we go way back junior. Like, we're talking Cranbrook Colts. Rocky so I, Hockey. I've got to go there. The Rocky Mountain Junior Hockey League. And there was a few of us in the league that were playing, I believe, you're a, year, you're a 76, right? Yep. I'm a 77. Yep. So yep. so we're in there. Yep. Before, I mean, we, we were minor hockey players playing in that, in that league, which could get yep. – there was all kinds of crazy. How did you – like – now it doesn't really happen that way. The natural progression is people go to midget AAA or they go to prep school right. or whatever. At the time, it was just like, well, you know, he's pretty good in Bantam. And, I don't know, put him on the junior team. Like that that was – and it was crazy if you really think about it for a lot of reasons, especially where the world is now. I mean, it really worked for me. You're the kind of guy it worked for. I mean, I love that. I, I, I saw guys that it didn't work for. But mm-hmm. what was your progression then? Were you just playing Bantam one year and were real good and the next year they said, you know what, come here? Or were Kamloops involved? Did they say, we're going to throw you to Cranbrook for a little bit and it happened to be your hometown? How did it all work? Yeah, I tried out for Kamloops, didn't make as a 16-year-old. And then they kind of had that farm system back then. I think Portland was had like a, a, a bit of a deal with uh, Kimberly. I don't know if Tri had something with Bernie or well, something. We, but. we had a little bit. with So me and Sheldon, that's kind of how Sheldon got to Quinnell. Okay. We, we had a couple others, uh, Gus Retchlag, Adam's brother. There, there was a few, uh, Andrew Laming. Yeah. I, I think we weren't an official affiliate, but I think it was known that, you know, these guys are going to go there. And even the players on the team yeah. knew that I was coming and took me under their wing. Yeah. I see. Well, Kamloops would have been fucking hard to make. So you go through that year. You do all right. You score 20 goals. I didn't realize that till I just looked at elite prospects uh, for Cranbrook that year, which is phenomenal for a 16-year-old. And, and you were – fuck, I remember you as more feisty <laughs> than anything. I would never have thought you got 20 goals that year as a D-man. So you go to Kamloops. I mean – you end up staying. You guys have an unbelievable record while you're there, including two Memorial Cups. Was it immediate? To me, I mean, I'm in the division. Me and Lanks used to talk about it at Boucher. It helped us personally because everybody, like the most scouts in junior in the world were there and to watch the Western division of the camp. And we lost you guys in the playoffs twice. So it was great. Uh, and, you know, we did okay. I'm Again, I'm at the time we're thinking like a team, but looking back and I was always aware, you know, these guys are coming to see Kamloops, but what I respected about you guys had from Dominic Kelly, who's, who's faded in time. He's really underrated. Uh, and, and again, God Strudwick and yourself and Holland and guys like Jason Holland, you don't even think of 
right. um, and Tucker and, and Joan. I can go down the list. It was phenomenal. Yeah. Before you got there, Niedermeyer and Hirsch and yeah. Boyer and Lyons. I mean, it was just constant. Was it an immediate gel feeling of team camaraderie when you were in that room? Or as, I mean, I played with Tucks. So I know how we can get, that ego helps him. That, that he yeah. harnesses that energy right. the right way. But also, I mean, me and Tucks got in a fight in the fucking living room one time in Montreal about craft dinner. So I'm right. like, wow, you are a fucking competitor like I've never seen. But how was it in the room that all those guys, you must have gelled, like it's wild. It really was wild, man. It was the coolest group of guys. I love playing in Kamloops. <clears throat> those guys that you mentioned, I mean, there's... There's a lot of guys I've actually played a lot of pro as well in other yeah. countries. Aaron, Aaron Keller, like I yeah. like that guy had 80 points or 100 points his 19 or 20 year old year. Like names that you don't really hear about, but like you said, it was it was a tough sled to, to get onto that squad. Though I actually went there because my buddy Bob Motti from my hometown yeah. was going up there. He was a listed player, and I had a good 15 year old year. I had been you know I didn't get drafted to the Western Hockey League or anything. Had a good I grew. I, I went from like five two to six foot. In one season, so I kind of got that moving for me. Decided to go to a camp, and I needed a ride. And Mrs. Motti was <laughs> taking the van, and I jumped in with them. My first camp, and my mom wound up coming up about a month later. And the second they took you, and you kind of were part of that squad, though, you like you know what it's like. Like the older guys, all of a sudden, you're, hey man, what are you doing after practice? Yeah, I think you're gonna, we're gonna go to the movies tonight. And then, yeah. so they immediately they they brought you in and. And it was that brotherhood. We did everything together. You drove from the rink to, I mean, you built it together. You're driving to and from the rink. It's always a race. You always got to beat Donor. Donor had this little piece of crap car. And Holly had a really nice car. So we were all eight, nine guys in two different cars. I had a freaking gray station. We call it the Station Dragon. It was a <laughs> 1984 Chevy Cavalier station wagon model. <laughs> you could fit, fit like 10 guys in the back and just lay oh. down on each other and just rip to practice. <laughs> but those are the things that we did. We were always, always together. Uh, we got in trouble together. We had each other's backs, you know, when we did get in trouble. And we made sure that no one else took the fall. We were always, you know, oh, it was me. I did it. You know, so it was just that outside of the rank, we were just an amazing group of guys. Like, and right before uh, the world shut down there, we had a reunion. We had the 92 team, the 94 team, and the 95 team all up there in the same spot. It was one of the greatest weekends. Uh, they're, they're hosting it this year. I'm hoping we can get up there again this year. Great, great bunch of guys. Yeah, I always got that, you know, and I I loved BC anyway. I mean, it's really like a second home. I went to Cornell, at, you know, talk about culture shock with before the yeah. internet coming from you know literally five minutes away from the ocean from the dock and right. going out there but anyway I, and i loved i loved i loved it and <laughs> it, you know and i still got like i got friends i just had a bite to eat with mark hurley last month i mean it's they're, they're formative years so i've my friends in tri-cities are still really close but right. they're it, it almost was a personal kind of you know, not the we won games and it was fun. You don't have to win the Memorial Cup to be close. But the year I came in at sixteen, we were disintegrating. We came in last place. We we traded yeah. all of our like it was a complete revolving door. So there was like four or five of us that really stuck together and our friends. But the sense I get from Kamloops is exactly what you just said. It's almost otherworldly. It transcends hockey. It transcends junior. It's almost like again I. I do a podcast, Got Your Back, and I do it with Ryan Rashog, Jason Strudwick, right? I was roommates with Darcy Tucker. I was in Montreal yeah. with David Wilkie. Like, so I always, I'm never too far removed from a Kamloops Blazer of the day. 
And, you know, the respect and admiration and friendship that still goes on, I really respect you guys for it. And I'm going to backpedal here a little bit, but speaking of Bob Motti, exactly. People don't realize, I talk about people, him and like Aaron Keller, these guys were as good as anybody. All the stars that you know that made the NHL, but in junior it's different, and Aaron Keller was as good as Nolan Baumgartner for, you know, in in the eyes of Absolutely. And Bob Motti, here's a guy, a two-way player that... Just, just a fan. I remember of all of them. People think I'm kidding. Of all of them, I remember him being really hard to play against, and not in a way of going to hurt my ankle, but like he's always going to back check. He's at me. He's at me. I can't get open. He was superb at it, and you almost forget. How's he doing now? He's doing great. He's a chiropractor in Fernie. Uh, he's got his own practice. He did really well for himself. So he travels. He's married up now. He's doing great. Um, I haven't seen him for, I mean, again, I haven't been back for a few years, but you know, like when I did see him, it was, he was doing, he, was, he kind of looks like his dad now. So it's, it's pretty cool. You know, like we, we generally do. I kind of look a little bit like my dad looking at that picture. So yeah, you know, he's a, he's a fantastic guy. I love Bob. Um, like that whole team was just like, he's talking about Bob. He was the Yari Lettinen of that line. You know, he had, he was Gimla and Don McKelly and Motti, like those three guys are, were, <laughs> they were, they were lethal. Pass along a, a hello. I really, really Will respect sure. him as a player, you know, and there just never came across him. Um, speaking of speaking of your dad, so your dad, let us, you know, my dad played a bit of pro hockey, and I've beaten that horse to death. He comes on here all the time and talks about it. <laughs> he's great. Your father, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, and he loves talking about it. I mean, he's he's going to listen to this interview and, and really, really take a liking to it because he respects you, but he talks about your dad and your cousin. But tell us about your father then. Was he a big influence on you growing up? I mean, you would think, but it's not always the case. Absolutely. Uh, you know, he was my he was my favorite player growing up. You know, that so back when I was the Cranbrook Royals was that big senior league back in the day. Yeah. They had the purple, like the LA Kings uniform. And my cousin played for LA, so I was a little confused uh, as a young kid when you see the tv and you'd hear the name lukowicz and then i'd go to the, the old cranbrook memorial and you'd go up there and you'd see the same thing so i was convinced that my dad played in the nhl at a really young age which he, it was but that wasn't really what i was seeing so to him every time he told me anything about hockey it was that's the way it was it was golden um yeah he was but he was a great coach he was uh you know he was hard on me in, in every good way possible i, I mean i we have those conversations with people that is your dad ever too hard on you? Like heck no, or I wouldn't have made it. You know, he was he was perfect pressure, and my mom was the perfect referee in the in the room. Uh, he, he was awesome. He, I, I I have nothing but respect for everything that my dad coached me. But he did he actually coached Niedermeyer's and all that that group a little bit more than than me. He kind of got away from the well. He's playing his son too much because that's a, you know a small town mentality. So he just got away from it, and what he would do is he would get every spare little piece of ice. He he drove the milk truck back in uh, for Dairyland back in the day, and I'd be sitting at school, and it would rumble. You could feel it pull up. So I'd be sitting there at school, and I could feel that thing rumble, and I knew I was going skating. So I'd run out the front door. He'd be sitting right at the front. I'd jump in. We'd go to the rink. I'd get on the ice for about 35 to 40 minutes, whatever time I could possibly get out there. And he'd just have me go out there. Sometimes I'd be chasing the Zamboni, pushing the nets. That was the, his big one, just pushing the nets. So my dad did every, every spare moment he had and everything he possibly could to give me the opportunity to play. So, I mean, without, you know, you have the same support. Without your dad being there for you, you know, we can't. It's, you don't do it on your own. No, no, not at all. And, you know, there's it, this is, a again, I didn't realize all the similarities, but, you know, 
and he, he first of all just to play junior like my dad knew what was up like he was out there he yeah. wasn't an idiot but he's, he's he played hockey and he's like you know if you can last here in junior right telling you to, and he never once like people think because i fought a lot he was he didn't tell me to do that i just knew like I, you know that was me navigating my way around and knowing that if i get in a fight i'm going to get respect from all the like the first yep. few fights i was never really upset you know how it is you go out yep. and do that oh. but just just to give me the freedom to do that like i really respect him right. for it because people i'm like no dad wasn't in my ear at all he knew what was happening and i'm sure at the odd time one way or the other if i needed to go harder and i wasn't giving it a full effort i'd know and if yep. you know maybe terry you know you don't have to take it so crazy out there and hurt your hands <laughs> with two minutes left against land Forstner, you know what i mean he yeah. was perfect balance but the other thing same thing. I didn't like him coaching me. He tried it back here briefly, and he went up while I was playing Adam and Pee Wee. He would coach the Bantam and Midgets. Um, and similar, I forgot. The Niedermeyers are from around, around that area, aren't they? Okay. Rick Cranbrook. Yep. So, so, you're, so that's just similar in itself. So your dad's coaching the older guys. Scott Niedermeyer shoots left. He's a D that ended up playing for the fucking uh, Kamloops Blazers and then NHL Stars. So he must have been a perfect role model for you growing up. Am I wrong? He was the guy that I would secretly stalk, you know, like what is, what's Scott doing? So you go to the gym, yeah. you find out, Hey, Niedermeyer's back in town. And they, we had like, I think it was called like pro fitness. So like he, he's down at pro fitness. All right, let's jump down there. He's there right now. So you go down there and I would sit on the bike and I would watch what he would do and then kind of just take mental notes. And then as soon as he left, you go do what he did, you know? And then what you didn't realize that when he left, he was also going out to ride a ride a mo uh, his uh, his bike for for like 60 miles and stuff like he was just a cardio machine he really didn't go to the gym too often what he did is he just lived really healthy and he always did things like he was climbing mountains or he was always hiking and so he did a lot of outdoor activities kind of like the rocky balboa type workout so that's what i emulated living in canada i was like i'm gonna i want to live out in the mountains so i can be that guy running up and down hills riding my bike uh, that's that's kind of how we stayed in shape and it was I, I I I believe it's it gave me a reason to stay in the game a little longer. Yeah, because getting in the gym, man, I can't stand it. I hate, I hate it too. Look, I, oh. look I, I can't believe you're saying this. So I have, I won't want to give too much away. But now I'm pumping <laughs> iron to get to get strong because I got to do a role in in four or five months. I mean, in the acting. Oh boy. Game, right? So, but people were expecting me. You know, I'm in here with trainers, and I said, guys, I never like when I played. I, I cardio. Montreal tried it a little bit. And once they made me bulk up to 215, I didn't like it. I, I really didn't. I, I liked being on the skinnier side of big, and you know, having good cardio. And every day, I mean, I'd be I'd be on the go. Exactly what you're saying. My bike, ball hockey, yep. ice hockey, all day long. My cardio. I, I would blow 65 on the VO2 for a joke. But I hated squats and fucking oh. deadlifts and shit. That anyway. Um, so we have that in common as well. Listen, Scott <laughs> Niedermeyer. Scott Ooh. Niedermeyer is one of the best skaters of all time. Okay. Ever. Now, I and I, I forgot that he was from there. So you're seeing that. You go, I'll tell you my the best skater, the, the most mesmerizing skater that I've ever seen in my life. Okay. And this was in Dallas. I went down. Okay. I, I I never really got to talk to you after that. So I Darian Hatcher <laughs> fell on my ankle in inter-squat. <laughs> and, and I fought Erskine like six times. Yeah. And, and Bob Gainey, just, he said, you know, you, you don't have to keep fighting. We know your ankle's bad. You got to go to Boise. That's what ended up happening. But I stuck around. and Because I really wanted to. They're like, you, September 11th ended up happening. Right. right? So right. that was the camp I was at. So right. And it was weird because I was Erskine's roommate 
And we fought like five times. And anyway, they asked me then because the flights all got delayed. And then like after a few days, you guys went back to camp and I knew I was going to boys. I had a bad high ankle sprain. But I said I went out and whirled around. Instead of playing the games, I went out and like practiced. And I couldn't believe Mike Medano. I, I, I could hear him coming. And I played with Saku Koivu and Valerie Bure. I played with quick players. I played with Mark Recchi. I don't want to insult the players that were so great and great skaters. Right. But there was a different element to Medano. You played right. with them. Was I just yeah. seeing things? Was this a lucky week? Or was he as good of a skater as I remember? Be yeah, like every day. Every like day. the wind, like he, like right by you. Like you it feel it. Crazy. Like, holy mackerel. He's got, he could do this little double stick handle on one side, pull the puck to the other side, and he would be gone so fast. I loved it, man. And he, and he could fire it on his backhand. Like he had some really signature moves. You, so you good. Like you should have seen him, Zubov, and Brett Hall snap a pass in practice. I like, mean, so hard, so on the money, so fast. And like, you know how you're kind of skating around at the beginning, you know, just kind yeah. of bored, you know, you're slowly making up a pass to the coach, you fire one over here, you're waiting for the, for everybody yeah. to get going, you're talking here. Those three guys would just, one would be in one side, one over here, and you just see it out of the corner of your eyes, whack, and, be, and just get it and be gone to the other guy. But they would do it all the time, just the three of them. Wow. And it was, to this day, it's one of my fondest memories of practice and just, like literally seeing the puck whip around the ice like so fast from those three guys. They were they were they're on another those they were on another level. Brett Hull's wrists are massive. Oh. I I remember going like, <laughs> Brett Hull's everything's massive. Look <laughs> yeah, like, it mean, always was like Phil Kessel back in the day. Like that why guy is Phil Kessel old a bad school, deal? dude. Like, old school. I just yeah. couldn't believe it. He came out oh. to the barn was an Animal. I mean, as you would expect, oh. what a great time we all had. What a great oh. time. Everybody was on the same page. You know, like the boys were, I remember if, if we went on the road, I don't, I'm counting, I'm talking about the miners even. And if you were to go on the road and the bus stopped or the plane, whatever, and you got to the hotel and, and you didn't go to the team meal at the very least. I mean, you didn't have to get hammered, but I remember getting fined. Mark Recchi coming down and going, dude, oh, like, yeah. You of all people got to come to this. I'm like, geez, I was trying to keep my nose clean. I, you right. know, I, I had a few beers in my room. I was just trying to, and he's like, no, no, you got to come out. We're going to Mort's. We're having steak and you're going to stay with me. And, you know, I can't imagine having my video game. I would have gotten shit kicked by somebody. But anyway, it was a different world we lived in. Yeah. We had a good time and you played with some all timers. So oh, yeah. like you went from, you were in Michigan for three years, right? I don't want to yeah. bypass that. Yeah, but you get up to the show, so you must have almost immediately. I just know your career. I could look at the stats, but you must have almost immediately won the cup because I know you were there in '99, yeah. right? So you got there through a trade. So Sergey Gusev got was who was this like six seven, got traded to Tampa Bay for Benoit Hogue, and they <sighs> needed a they just needed a guy basically to come in for the last run, and I got <laughs> dude. I was out. That night, the night of the trade deadline, so I'm out yeah. in Michigan. I, they're like, hey, we played, and they were like, hey, tomorrow, make sure you're by the, you know, got to stay home. Make sure you're by the phone because you have cell phones, right? So like, make yeah. sure you're home. Well, the deadline passes in Michigan. It, it was like eleven o'clock, I think, or noon. So I'm like, no phone call. I'm going to Burger King. So I go to Burger King, and I come home. Burger King's like right there in Kazu. It's like I could, I could see it from my apartment. Yeah. I jump in my Jeep. I drive there. I come back, and there's three guys. It's uh, Jackman, uh, Ryan Chris 
Christy and John Sam are standing there like, dude, they're looking for you. You got a flight in an hour. You're playing tonight. Whoa. <laughs> I'm like, tonight? what happened? <laughs> like, <laughs> I finished my Whopper. <laughs> so I called Dallas back. I'm like, listen, I'm not, I don't know if you want me playing tonight. They're like, well, just get here. I'm like, okay, just get here. So I actually, that was it. So I grabbed my, I drove to the rink, grabbed my gear, jumped on the first flight. Didn't play that night. But then a couple days later, is when the uh, Ronick and Hatcher incident happened, yeah. and I got into the lineup because of that. That's how that's how I actually got my foot in the door is when because because I Hatch uh, breaking Ro- Ronick's uh, jaw, and they needed wow. me to step in, and I got my chance to actually play. I logged good minutes. They got some trust in me, and it was at that time of the year where I mean we locked the doors on everybody. It was just us. We just hung out, and so it, it, that that was it. I, I got a, a great opportunity through obviously through Hatch. It was awesome. Yeah. It, it worked out great for me. And took advantage of it. And by the way, I know Kalamazoo. My dad played in Kalamazoo for a couple of years as well. So <laughs> we, we got that in common. Um, not that I, I, I've gone back since and, you know, done the whole, Yeah, I did a book thing. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so I, I know about it. They used to hang out at the bowling alley. Um, That's right. Yeah, I, I went back and it was still actually somewhere to hang out. I told dad he couldn't believe it. Um, so <laughs> you're in there and, and you, I mean... <laughs> You'd won the Memorial Cup. By the way, what do you do? What do you do with your Memorial Cup rings? They're down in my uh, dresser, actually. I bring them out because, I, to be honest with you, those are some of the. I'm, like, I'm so proud of those. Yeah, I'd I'm so proud them. of that organization. I'm so proud of those. Like we just already previously talked about, like those were the greatest days of my life. And to be a, the first one, we weren't supposed to win. Portland was supposed to be the, the big champ that year. Yeah, I remember. And we 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 had lined it up to win it at home. Um, but the fact that we won it in Laval that year, we knocked off some really, really good teams. And we had some guys that went, well, myself, went from like a sixth-round draft pick down to a fourth round just through that experience of, of winning. And, uh, you know, so for me, I hold Kamloops dear. That's like I, – I love the Blazers. I'm cheering for them this year. I hope they win it at home. I mean, that would be amazing, that experience, that party, that, that, the, yeah. way the, the way the city rallies around you. So. I, I hold on to them, and anytime anyone wants to see my Stanley Cup rings, I bring all four. I make sure that I explain how important and how hard it is to win the Memorial Cup. It is that is a that is a grind. I love that you fucking do that because I I mean you 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 win championships to show what's the point of having the ring? I don't have a Stanley right. Cup ring. Got a World Championship ball hockey ring. I got my Pro Orlando Seals ring. Of course, I wear it. What am I going to do with it? I, I look at people, I go out, and they're like, oh, that's nice. Yeah, I know. You got one, too. Like, you know, my buddies, I'm like, you got a fucking Memorial Cup ring. Why, why, why don't I ever see it? I love right. that you do that. I love it. It's hard enough to fucking win, you know? Yeah. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pre-game money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So you get up after those, I mean, so obviously you, you knew the feeling of winning, 
but you're still fairly new to the pro game, let alone NHL. I mean, it takes a, I mean, your your first few years of pro, you're a boy growing into a man. Now you're 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 a man, but you're you're young. How was that experience as you're like, and you don't even really expect to get in and you get in a lot of games in 1999, right? You get yeah. thrown into fucking eight games. You're like, what the, I'm in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And then right. you win. Like, I don't want to be so generic and to say, what did that feel like? But I mean, as a kid, you must've been thinking, you know, this is how, how lucky, but I don't want to fucking pass over your hard work. I'm just saying to do it so early, there's so much that comes with that. Like, you know, where do I go from here? And this is electric. I mean, your family, did they fly down? Just take me through the overall experience of, say, the night you won the cup and, you know, how long it took to sink in. Because I could, we could go on for this for eight hours, but let's just say that stuff. <laughs> oh, I mean, like, I, so I didn't play. So I was in the position of I was the seventh D-man, sixth guy. We got healthy. But there's a really cool little story. I actually just told Luddy the other day. We were, we had beers the other day with Luds. Fuck me, Luds. And uh, I go, I don't even know if you know this. We were talking about how hard and how many injuries guys get. Like the first thing they do now is they release the injury list when the when after the Stanley Cup. They're like, well, look at look at how many guys out of we had 20 guys playing. 19 of them were hurt. Well, when we played, Mo had a broken wrist. Brett Hall had like put his knee back together yeah. a couple months later. Like he, he was done. Yeah. And uh, so warm up, I took warm up. We had one defenseman and one forward take warm up all the time. So I was the defenseman just in case something happened. John Sim was the forward. Simmer got in um, a couple games in the final. I didn't. What happened with that game six though, is they shot up Hully's knee and we're sitting there in the room just doing this one, just waiting, waiting. We went out for warm-up. He came off, and I was just sitting there. I was going to play forward that night. If Holly wasn't in, I would have been on the fourth line probably. Maybe not even got a shift. But yeah, okay. I was sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting. And I, I remember Doug Jarvis coming around the corner. He just looked at me and just gives me the – I was like, oh, all right, no worries. So I got out of there as quick as possible. I didn't want to be a distraction. I went, when he grabbed me, he goes, listen, he ain't going to play in seven. A couple of these guys can't play in seven. We have got to win tonight. So you get a good ride in and be ready to go for seven. Wow. I was like, all right. <laughs> so we were going to game seven. There's a good chance that we probably had three or four guys that would not have made it. And and Buffalo is the same way. They were beat up just as bad. You I know, remember that's, that's hearing the stuff that people don't understand is there's guys that play with career ending injuries for months that you never would think a guy would play. And they play through that stuff and then they do the rehab to get back. Why? Because they just won, and all they want to do is play again. That's what winning does. It's so addicting. And not only that, it sets you up for, well, <clears throat> first of all, but, yeah, I mean, in the finals, but you got your eight I mean, eight games is a lot for a guy that's just going to get called up for the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs for the first time. Like, to play eight full games in that atmosphere and have a, an actual contribution, it wouldn't, to, to me, I would be as I would be as I'd feel as part of it as Mike Madano would like I played I contributed this is my fucking cup but I bet you just like your second memorial cup I bet you that there's something to be said in the room in Tampa Bay you're still a fairly young guy it's 2004 it's only five years later but I bet yep. now it helped being a little bit used to it and there was guys on the team that looked up to you all of a sudden think about how hockey works you be 
in real life, it's like, you know, you, you go from like 20 to 80 in hockey in just a, a Stanley Cup run and a few years because now oh, yeah. you're one of the old guys in the room with experience, even though you're not that old, but you are experienced. And so your second cup, I hate asking people to compare championships or which one was better, <laughs> which is so stupid because they're fucking cup wins. But your second one had to be a different approach. And did you feel, of course, you weren't as nervous. You're used to the league, but it's, you're still, it's still the fucking Stanley Cup playoffs. Did you feel that the any of the younger players were, were absorbing some of your experience? I mean, try to sum up, if you can, part of that second Stanley Cup win. The second one was completely different. We were, like, again, talking to Luds the other day, our Tampa team was a bunch of guys that were kind of, I would say, for lack of better words, rejects from other teams. Guys that had been kind of Dan Boyle, coach in Florida, didn't like him. Calgary, Marty St. Louis, too small. Dave Anderchuk, too slow, too old. He'll never win a cup. Well, yeah. we had this GM and this crazy freaking coach that didn't that, that used that to pull, pull us together. That is the closest room I could ever imagine a team being. I, I can't imagine being on a closer team than that team. Torts made a, he made a very, he made it that he would push every guy on the team. Didn't matter who it was. We didn't know what he, what he was doing at, at times, but he started figuring out what he was doing. It was more of a, like, I'm going to push this guy. I'm going to see who's going to stick up for him. And he kind of made it so it was an all. It was almost us versus Torts, yeah. but it was. But it was. It was really. It was just Torts just doing this with us, pushing us together, finding way. I'm gonna. I'm gonna bench Vinny McCalvey tonight just because. <laughs> Why would he do that? To see how he'd react and to see who's coming to his defense. And it was us. Well, Why is Vinny sitting on the bench right now? Get his ass on the ice. We need him right now. Okay, that's why he was doing the things. Torts was incredible. That team. Yeah. really functioned differently than any other team I'd been on it, but it really taught me of almost a different, a different way of winning. Um, we were very repetitive. We were very defense minded first, but you're part of something. I you had a lot more word. Like I got called in the office a lot more. Right? What do you think we need? Cool story is trade deadline again. <laughs> we were in Pittsburgh and it's the deadline. We had our morning. We didn't. We didn't skate that morning. We're sitting there, and they go. Uh, we had our breakfast, had a pregame meeting. So, all right, guys, we know it's a stressful, stressful day. We need you guys all go back to your rooms. Um, obviously, this is where where, where we're going to be for the for the time being. Phone call comes in. We need you to answer it. I go up to the room with Dan Boyle was my roommate. Five minutes later ring i'm like uh oh and we're having our pregame nap right so i look at boiler boiler <laughs> boiler's a pretty good player he goes that's not for me <laughs> I'm like, oh really so i'm like oh i pick up the phone i'm like hello they're like and it's jay feaster he goes luco can you come down to the ballroom I'm like oh man i'm like oh i'll be back so i go downstairs and they're like hey so you've won I mean, we're gonna we're gonna do a trade with st louis but we have a couple of guys that we're interested in. This is the coolest thing is we have a forward and a defenseman. What do you think we need? And I said, honestly, you can never have enough defensemen in the playoffs. Good answer. You need, Good you've got to have, have defensemen. Yeah. Yep. And uh, he goes, well, the guy we're going to get, and I had a, I had a uh, ice time bonus at the time. And he goes, well, if we get this guy, he's going to knock you out of your ice time bonus. And I was like, we're going to win, right? Fuck well, it. Yeah. There you go. Well, 
So I was like, all right, well, who do you think? He goes, all right, so we're going to, we're going to let you make the call. Cause he, cause he has a no trade clause. I'm like, all right. So they call St. Louis and our, the, the two guys in question are two ex blazers, Daryl Sador and Tyson Nash. Oh, two wow. winners. That's what that, that's what we wanted. We wanted winners, guys that had won. So whether yeah. it was in the Stanley cup or it was a Memorial cup and we needed some grit up front. So Nash would have been that perfect fit up front. Yeah. Um, just, it was just that we need, I, I, I mean, we, we felt we needed a defenseman at the time. So we got Sid, Sid came in and fast forward to the playoffs. We were down, uh, we were tied one, one after a game two, we had the first two games at home versus the Islanders. And we didn't deserve to be even in those games. We should have got spanked in both those games. The Islanders. And yeah. The yeah. Islanders. Yeah. Good team. And first round, this is our chance to be upset. Uh, we're, we're in New York. And in we same thing. We had our morning morning meeting, and Torts has all his stuff ready to go. He's got his sheet out. He's got his all his all stuff. And Sid goes, you know what? Hold on. Can you just give me a second? I want to talk real quick before we get into everything, Torts. And he got up there and he actually just poured his heart out and said, "Guys, you, I'm I'm pissed. You know this uh, this is I'm 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 mad." And we we're like, what, "What's up?" He's like, "I don't think you guys understand how freaking good we are, and we we are not." approaching this or preparing for this the right way like guys we can win like we are we are good enough to do that to win the whole damn thing and he went on and kind of gave us like and he, and he went after a couple of guys on a positive way like do you know how good yeah. you are do you know how good you are you know happy bullying like you're the best goalie in the league and he just went in and he pumped everybody's tires and he was like can we go out and play like that tonight we all went back to our rooms we didn't have a skate that day we came out and we dominated from that moment on we were, we were, it was, and that's what we, that really, that's, that's that leadership. Those guys that we need, it doesn't always come down to the stuff on the ice. And it's those moments off the ice. And that, those are the two, that, that, that's a big one that stands out for me. That's the right. leadership. I, I, I totally agree, man. And that's why often, I mean, I get it. There has to be analytics. Analytics really is just keeping track of numbers. Analytics were right. around forever, but there's a point that, you also have to take into account what you just said and, and the way players lead and the way they act. And I've often, I remember my dad used to say this early and I didn't know what he was talking about, but he coached and everything. I mean, there's played and he's like, you know, the room has to be a symbiotic relationship. Like everybody has to feed off each other and there's all kinds of personalities. And he would hate when, you know, like even now, if you look at, they'll say this team doesn't need torts or that team doesn't need, uh, I don't know, a certain player. I don't know, Mike Fisher, whoever it is, players move, coaches move, but torts is torts. And, and you know, you got, but, and when you just said he pushed Vinny's buttons and you, you guys came to and, and it's the way you all reacted. Vinny did, you did. And then it's the way Sid stepped up and said that. And the way you stepped aside for a bit and said, you know, I might not get my bonus, but this is all what it is that, that you win because of those things for sacrifice and for, you know, you know, not tripping over your bottom lip, not swallowing your pride and saying, maybe you're right. And you know what? Fuck it. He sat me for a period. What am I going to do? Quit. But right. for every, so there's a lot of negativity mixed with a lot of positivity. That's called adversity. And a lot of people try to put it. It's either black or it's white. This guy's right. this kind of coach and it's not going to work. Well, I don't I know. Agree. It might. <laughs> it might. And those things like you just said with uh, that speech, that doesn't show up on any score sheet. And that's right. what bothers me is that a lot of people don't give that. I mean, people who played the game or even played sports, 
I don't want to alienate people that didn't play the game. Some people didn't play, but still get that. But a lot of people that didn't don't. And um, look, you're, you're living proof. Kamloops Blazers said, you just mentioned Tyson Nash. That's the best example I can think of. Right. Right. Two-way player, player, an absolute winner, and do anything to win. Not not a 10 out of 10 at anything, but a, a 7, 8 out of 10 at everything, and we'll go to the right. wall for you. Right? That's Through the wall. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've seen him do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, was, right. You played with anything, man. You played with a lot, a lot of winners. Yeah. Um, I now, I get I, – I, get all these questions that people ask me, right? And anybody that I might've played against even once, but I saved this question because I knew you were going to be on. I, I had no, <laughs> someone asked me how good of a passer Joe Thornton was. And oh, wow. other than I played against him twice when he was younger and I watched him a lot and I even scouted pro for a little bit and watched, tried to watch him from the stands, but you played with him. Much like Madano skating, you're out with Thornton every day. I would think you'd see how good of a passer he is. I mean, anybody can watch the NHL highlights. I would think from practicing. Was he that mesmerizing? Was he, his hockey IQ that good? Yeah, Jumbo, Jumbo sees the ice a lot different. He would, he'd be like, you sit on the bench, and he'd be watching the game, and he'd go right, right away and be like, hey, next shift, just go and go over there, and I'll put it on your tape. And so you'd see him go down the and he he you'd see him going up the right side, whatever, on his even on his backhand, and you'd be look over and you'd be like and he'd look over at you, like, I better get to where I'm going. Yeah. You disregard what's going on, you'd go right to that spot and all of a sudden, boom, it was on your stick. You're like, Whoa, he'd surprise you. A lot of times wow. like, and you'd just knuckle it because he you didn't expect all of a sudden the puck's sitting there and you got a four by six in front of you. Like a lot of times, you just surprise me. Like, Whoa, wow! But yeah, <laughs> that that's was, exactly what I thought you were going to say. He's yeah. so good, man. He is yeah. so good, and that's it's like crazy. the stuff that he's so far ahead of it. He just he's he's three passes ahead easily. Um, how was San Jose as opposed to Tampa Bay? I mean, both are Sun Belt kind of places. So I, I I was curious. I got out in Tampa Bay a lot, not in San Jose. I was there once and uh, didn't really do much. There's not a lot. There wasn't a lot to do really at the time. Um, they had just, they had Santana row, which where they had just started kind of building up down there, which was nice. Okay. Um, most of us went to San Francisco or Oakland was basically what we would do after a game. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. I like, I love San Francisco. Um, okay. So did you go to a lot of games like, uh, other sports? Did you go to a lot of pro games? I saw a couple of football games, a couple of baseball games. Okay. That was pretty cool. That's pretty cool. See him. Knock the ball into the into the ocean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. San, San Fran, it's pretty neat. You took advantage of your time wherever you were, oh, did, didn't you? I you weren't the guy to just Alcatraz go in like four times. <laughs> I loved Alcatraz. The night tour. Try, I to, try, try to break into things. Yeah, I love too. I couldn't believe it. It was actually what I thought. Most yeah. jails are like, what the hell? But I go to see graveyards and jails when I can for right. whatever reason. It's something in the back <laughs> of my mind. But um, Alcatraz was exactly what I fucking thought it was. Yeah. Um, but you seem like the guy, wherever you are, I'm sure you'd take advantage of everything the locals have to offer. Oh, yeah. So San Jose was uh, 08, 09, and I'm skipping over a lot, but I got to go soon. We're going to have to have you on for number two because All right. That's I want to know a lot of other things like your favorite blank or the time. You, you know, Because a lot of people ask these questions, especially yeah, when I yeah. announced you were going to come on. I got like 20 backed up. But what I do want to know, San Jose was 08, 09. Uh, by 11, 12 is your last year. Um, so did you, I mean, you had an unbelievable career. I, 
I would never have, if I had the career that you had, I would have been content and not felt the itch to go overseas or anything. I, I would have just, but were, was yours because you were injured or you just said, you know what, I've had a great career and I'm going to start focusing on other things now. Mine was, I had a knee surgery uh, and then it was the year of that lockout. Was that 2012? Was that yeah. last lockout? Yeah. And so I wound up in Cranbrook without rehab, right? So I didn't have any help. And then I, I got a phone call. In, uh, actually, I got a phone call from Detroit in December and asked me if I wanted to get back in shape and go, but I, I go to it and go to Grand Rapids. And, and you know, at that time, I'd been home for about five months and I fell in love with being a dad. I absolutely love being home. I love my daughters. I love yeah. my wife. I absolutely love being home. Um, and it was, and I, I think I maybe went to the gym twice and I just was like, I, I don't got it in me anymore. To, I, I can't do it. So that was it. I just, I, I, so I, and then I, and then I really was, didn't even want to go to the rink. I got in, I, I coached my daughters in basketball. My, my older yeah. daughter, she was in MMA. So I got involved with MMA, which I'd never done before, but that helped me and me and her bond. And we had a great uh, relationship there and I, I got in shape and then, my my youngest daughter, the bass player now, she wound up. She tried everything. She did baseball, soccer, but I decided to volunteer and be one of those coaches. And then when I wanted to get back into it, I wound up in Lethbridge as a with the Western Hockey League. Did a little bit of coaching with them. Got into midget hockey. Just got into coaching. I really enjoy coaching the kids. I I, I think it's a blast. So right now, that's what you're doing in uh, Texas, correct? Right now, I am actually I have my own solar company down here. Solar has hit the hit the uh, the market right. pretty big in Texas. So, I saw uh, that. I see. So basically, what I'm yeah, so I'm trying to put together solar farms, uh, commercial and uh, residential. But I but in my free time, I basically live around the rink. I'm actually scouting for the Regina Pats right now. They got a pretty decent little player on their team right now. Um, so we're trying to find some players to play with him. Uh, oh, or, and, and or replace him because I don't think he's going to be around. Very he's long, not going to so. be around much longer. No, he's a pretty darn good kid. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm, I I help out with the Pats, and then anytime I can get out and do private lessons and uh, get out and help some other other teams, uh, they invite me out, and I do that. It's funny. You're exactly how I thought you would turn out. It, it <laughs> you're exactly the person that I pictured, um, and I'm I'm intrigued, and I'm also, by the way. Coming down south real soon. I was supposed oh, to, yeah? to Dallas last year. Yeah, um, get out. I got people to visit. I won't get in. We're going to do something with chicklets, I believe, at some point. So okay. anyway, stay okay. tuned. But I do want you to stick around just for rapid fire randoms. Maybe another ten minutes. Okay. Is that all right? You got it. Heck yeah. I got some questions here. Okay, here we go, Brad Lukowicz. Rapid fire randoms. If you had a superpower, what would it be? What would you pick? Oh man, I think I'd be invisible. <laughs> <laughs> nice answer. Most people say flying. I love the invisible for so yeah. many reasons. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I'd fucking take any superpower, but it's as good as answer as any. You got to cruise across the world or go into space. Which would you pick? Ooh, I think I would uh, stick with the cruise. I've been all over the world, and uh, I mean, everywhere you go, it's it, it's almost like you are in space. I mean, if you haven't traveled, then uh, our, this this world has got a, got enough things to look at on its own. I don't need to go go up there yet. 
Good answer. Uh, and I do think travel is the best education now that I've, oh, yeah. that, that's the first thing when I came home and I found a way that I still get to do it. But my first few years back, I was early, man. I hurt my ankle at 23 or 24. Yeah. I was so upset. I was so upset, but I got it to the point I could play senior hockey. Once it settled in, you know, not that you asked, but I mean, just <laughs> not, you know, I'm glad you're still involved with the game somehow. My daughter doesn't even play. She plays soccer. But yeah. I still like being involved and being able to travel, right? I didn't realize until I got back what free travel really means. You're on a pretty good team right now, though. Sudbury's got a great squad. Oh, the Sudbury's <laughs> Bulldog. It's Woo! wild. Right that at the end of it all, right I got there. rejuvenated. Yeah. <laughs> was that ever – and stay tuned. There might be season two and three coming, a little birdie told There me. better be. Uh, you got an ex-teammate, okay? So yesterday Canada played. They almost beat Belgium, of course. Anybody could say that. They lost one to nothing, but they had a free kick yep. 10 minutes in by their best player, Alfonso Davies, and he missed. Uh, and again, people miss. I'm not knocking him, but I'm saying you got, say someone's got a quarter of a million dollars in a bag and they lay it on the table and say, Brad, you got to pick one of your ex-teammates to take this shot. It's a penalty kick in the World Cup. He scores, you get the money. If not, no one's worse off for it. We just keep it. Who do you pick? Whew, man, good question. I'm going to have to go with Jerome McGinley. He's uh, he's an all-around athlete, isn't he? He's just not – he's – and he just is – he's so iron, like, so confident, so strong, just that guy. I played one – I played uh, under-18 Canada with him, and oh, yeah. glad I did. You know, I got a few – and I got this, like – I can't even – and going back to Kamloops, and I got to play with Tucker and see – yeah. what that was all about. And, I, I, you know, I, if there was one regret about each player is that I didn't play with them longer. They both really stood right. out to me. And, of course, they're from the Kamloops fucking dressing room. Um, <laughs> we should Tux trade for wild. you. Tux was wild, man. I've yeah, never he was. We used to fight in practice all the time. I can see and, that. And we could gauge it, too. Like, Hazer would come up once in a while, like, are you ready to go this week? I'd be like, why? Well, well, you and Tux haven't really run into each yeah. other much. And I'd be like, oh, I better get going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And he or he'd run me over. <laughs> he we were fucking living together, and we'd go to practice and just fucking give it to each other. It was wild, but I I respect him all the more for it. And to see that oh, was yeah. the beginning of his journey to see where he ended up and how he did it. And he wasn't fucking around, man. That guy had no bullshit. You know, he 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 talked it, he talked it, and he walked it. Um, three things you recall about the nineteen ninety four Memorial Cup. Now, I'll say the, the biggest thing I remember, by the way, I nearly hit the ceiling when uh, McLaren fought Chris Murray. Everybody everybody on Kamloops oh, that was supposed go. to do did what they were supposed to do. And Murr, who was a good player in his own right, wow. people forget, had 20 or 30 goals and had 30 in the fucking A. But he could fight. Anyway, that's my favorite. That was one of the, honestly, one of the greatest fights. I wish I had that on VHS. That was one of the greatest fights ever. When he pops him and his hair comes flying out, and then the other dude's got the mohawk, it was just just, and ju absolute just smashing each other. Like, Slugfest and the whack. highest stage possible for junior hockey. Oh, Back yes. when there was no – you couldn't see it the next day. There was no on-demand. There was no YouTube. You just tuned in to see the fucking game, and all of a sudden – I watched it in a bar restaurant – and the volume went up, and all of us, these guys went at each other better than any heavyweight. I shouldn't say better, but it's up there with any of the best fights I've ever seen. It was, yeah, that, that definitely stands out. Um, obviously, just the win, like the, the winning of it was the whole progression of it, how, we, how Hazer brought us together in the dressing room, how we, 
he would tell a joke right before we went on the ice before. And then he, we, we did a lot of the hockey Canada stuff. You know, we had the, the stick from home and write someone else's name on it. You're not playing for you today. You're playing for someone at home. Like those, those are the things I remember that, that from, from, from uh, that 94 team. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, really look up to you guys, man. Still do. Okay. You you can have, you're, you're going out to dinner tonight. Okay. You got to go with one of these people, Justin Bieber's agent, <laughs> Robert De Niro's chauffeur, or War- Arnold Schwarzenegger's trainer. Just for shits and giggles for conversation, which one do you go with? I'm going to go with the Biebs. I actually like the Biebs. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a music guy, and I oh, yeah. can imagine the stories that this guy, that this kid has at, what was he, 15 years old? He's the biggest phenomenon in the world, and they gave this guy all this money. Imagine the stories that that kid can tell. Well, I couldn't imagine, yeah. I, I, and look, I got nothing against him that way. Few, I nearly, when he he did a few outlandish things a few years ago, but... He, he, yeah, he, he was a young kid. Or I know, I know. So that's really it. No, I got... Yeah. I don't love all of it. There's five tunes I really like. I'd <laughs> rather a rock band, but I get it. I mean, he's like yeah. Timberlake years, but I didn't, I didn't hate right. Timberlake. <clears throat> um, do you have pets? I do. What do you have? I got three dogs i got a lab a labradoodle and a rescue dog we don't know what he is he's white and brown and i think you might have heard him earlier attacking our fence and then we got um a couple lizards i I don't even know what they are one's a veiled salamander chameleon or something like that and then the other one's one of the ones that has a beard a bearded dragon he's a a a playoff beard yeah that's it. You have five pets. Okay. I was going to say snake. Close. You look like Close. a snake guy, but you got two lizards. Two lizards. Uh, yeah. You got to quit one of these things pizza, tacos, red wine, or sushi. I don't drink red wine anymore. So I'll go with red. That was an easy one for me. I don't drink red wine. I drank too much of it already. I'm, I'm like cut off. <laughs> yeah. It. Yeah, I don't drink much either for that. It gets me too juiced too early, and I like going out early in the afternoon. It just doesn't. Yeah, I don't want to be toast by Puts five to sleep. Yeah, I'll have it with a meal the odd time. Um, would you rather tour with Metallica or be in a big time movie with Brad Pitt? Ooh. Let's go with Metallica. I mean, it's Metallica for one. That'd be pretty cool. I could watch them every day. Yeah, you'd have too. to if you're on tour with them. I've been yeah. on on tour with bands before. You've been on. It, some it's a lot of fun. By the way, let's stop rapid fire randoms for a second here, because you <laughs> you have, or I guess we can continue. They're just not so rapid fire. You've been on some tours, right? Yeah. Like you go yeah. tour. People yeah. think it's like go to the concert, but you've toured. Yeah. So any anything stand out? Like on, it, from- it's not as. It, it basically like the day starts at about five o'clock. So you got to like, and when you're not on tour the full time and you're still on the old schedule, like they don't wake up till five at night yeah. or like, like lunch catering is at two. That might, that's generally when they're getting out of their bunks and they're, they're coming, coming. So I would go on the road with them this year. I did one. It was awesome. My birthday, we did three days grace wage war out of this world. That band is the bomb zero nine three six those three guys like those three bands they were fantastic i got on stage a little bit sang with uh, three days my daughter marley got up and sang uh, on my birthday here in town 
Um, but generally, it's you know you you hang out and have catering. They're just like us, normal guys. And then you see it kind of. I liked watching the, the the change, like the changeover from the the civilian to the rock star, where they they go and they put their outfit on and they start getting in their groove, you know. And then yeah. even they sound different. They look different. They're now they're they've got their swagger on. And then they see them jump up on the stage and they kind of look back at you and give you that little. This is what it, this this is what this is what I get paid for. And then they go out and they just. It's you a, know what we're gonna do? It's unbelievable. We're definitely gonna. So your second, this is volume one. We're definitely gonna. Revisit, <laughs> I could revisit this for an hour, and I will, at some point soon. You got a time machine. Yeah. One trip. What you got? One trip. It can go anywhere, and you're not going to affect no butterfly effect. You just get to go back, or you can go ahead. Hey, you can go twenty years into the future. You can go a million years into the future if you want. One trip. It's a round trip. You don't affect time at all. You just get to go there. Where would you want to go? I go back to the old Wild West, and I'd love to have a beer with Billy the Kid. <laughs> just to hear his story. Same thing. Hey, wild little kid. I love the Wild West. I just went to Rapid City, South Dakota to drop a puck and do like a live oh, yeah. Q&A. And it's right next to Deadwood, man. It's 15 minutes from Deadwood and Mount Rushmore, which Mount Rushmore was great. But Deadwood, there. I sat in the bar that Amazing. Bob Bill Hickok was, was killed in. And I sat right where he was shot in the back and had a beer, and it was it was an experience. I could have stayed there and tied one on. I had to get back and drop a puck. <laughs> but, uh, you know, actual Deadwood, the way and they got a lot of it preserved, <clears throat> was wild. Um, you got to hike across Europe. You got to take okay. one of these people. Bruce Springsteen, Ed Sheeran, Scarlett Johansson, Conor McGregor. <laughs> now, it doesn't have to be for musical entertainment. I mean, could Springsteen hack it? You're hiking across. He's True. old, but he is in shape. I mean, he must he be. Is. That's four-hour concert still. He is the boss. Like yeah, Lou Lamorello. That's that's the epitome of hard work, according to Lou Lamorello, is the boss from New Jersey, Bruce Springsteen. Oh, really? So, oh yeah, he loves the he loves the boss. I didn't know uh, that. Never oh yeah, him. oh yeah. Kind of weird about it actually. <laughs> and then who else is there? Scarlett Johansson. Okay. And wow. uh, Conor McGregor and Ed Sheeran. I'm not. I don't really know Ed Sheeran that well or that. But he might like he isn't he a European guy? He might know his way around. Well, Connor's yeah, European. He's, he's yeah, he is, and he's uh, you know he's young. He's in shape. I'm sure he'd have the odd story. I'm not huge into his music. I like two or three songs, but he'd be. Con I, I don't see him as being a bad choice. Right. I, well, because I, first off, I think I'd like to go with Connor, but I think he just like he'd be like me right away and probably start punching me he <laughs> for could, no reason. Right? And if not, he, he does that. He, he could be your best buddy, but he might go into a bar and punch out and fucking. <laughs> An old dude, and I'm old, so I might be that guy. Yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> to a degree, I suppose. But yeah, yeah. I, he's unpredictable. He would definitely be entertaining. Yeah, I suppose if you're a riverboat gambler, you'd go with McGregor. I think yeah. I'd go with Springsteen still. I just think yeah. I would. Yeah. Um, I think Scarlett Johansson is, would be a tease the whole time, <clears throat> yeah. really. And who knows? I don't know much about her. She's good looking. She's younger. She's in her forties. But how the fuck? I I know the least about her. Um, would you eat my big toe with pasta salad in order to know what happened to JFK since you're in Dallas? Yes, <laughs> I would do it. I like, I, that's another one of those things that I, I, when guys would come into town, I would take them to that. Like, you know, other guys would come into town for a night before a game and that's oh, go to yeah. JFK museum. You've got to check this thing out. There's, I have my own. I know how it happened, according to me. I think, <laughs> oh yeah, man. Hey, that's uh, deadly, man. You you were. Yeah. I, yeah. I couldn't believe going on road trips sometimes, and like, 
like, I don't know. I remember going to Philadelphia and guys are like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going to see the Liberty Bell and then the Rocky yeah. statue. And there was guys right? that played like seven years that hadn't done it. And I'm like, fuck, right. man, I, we're here. Like, you know, my, my journey took me here. I, I kick myself if yeah. I got to go home now and be some beer rep in a few years and not be back <laughs> in Philadelphia and say that, you know, I was getting rest at the hotel. Um, not to say I didn't rest, but, you know, you go on trips and, the, you know, these things are easy to see and easy to do. Well, you know, they were going to be, though. They're going to be at the bar that yeah. you're going to wind up at. You just kind of took a detour, you know, like I'm totally gonna you're going to be at the, I mean, in Philly. You're going to be at that, that corner where the, the Philly cheesesteak places are across the oh, street from each the other. Philly cheesesteak oh. places back when we back when it didn't matter. Eat what you want. Yeah. Oh, me and Ash used to go in and dummy. We used to go place to place. That was I love like of all the foods, some Buffalo wings I thought were overrated. I'd had them before in other places, but Chicago deep dish pizza and Philly cheesesteak, two things that if you're in each city, I highly recommend. I'm sure there's something else, but those two you know, if you're in Newfoundland, go with Jigs Dinner or Fish and Chips. Um <laughs> DJ name. You gotta pick one of these. You're gonna be a DJ now. You just signed a contract. Okay. You're getting paid good money to be a DJ at the local bar. Liquid Luco, <laughs> Pork Daddy Ping, or MC Cricket, K-R-I-C-K-I-T-T. I'm going to go with Liquid Luco because I'm usually holding on to some liquid. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that just popped into my head. I like Liquid Luco. I almost want to use it myself, but my name is not Luco. How old were you when you snapped your first bra? Holy mackerel. I was a late bloomer, man. Cranbrook Colts? Probably, yeah. Probably 16. Yeah, it was rocky hockey for me. That's right. All, right. For, for me, it was all all happened like in really one night, but we, in a month I went from like the first, <laughs> first you did this. Yeah. All those things happened in September 1991. Um, right, yeah. <laughs> Portland had a great anthem. Remember going into Portland and they'd play God Bless America? You remember that in junior in Portland, there, there was a, a, a specific girl come out and she would sing God bless America. And it's the only time everywhere else would play Star Spangled Banner. Well, I love that. So are there any other anthems you remember in your life? Big time. Obviously Chicago. That's just a, when you're standing there, that that's pretty impressive. Yeah. That would be, that would be the best one. I think. Because yeah. like the whole building shakes. You're standing on the blue line. You're the whole building is shaking from the crowd. Totally, and, and I forget. And, and, and pretty much every Canadian singer, like when they do the Canadian singers, like those guys are pretty good. Like I, I, the one that might be the guy in Ottawa, like the, the opera guy. Yeah, I know. I forget it. his name. Holy mackerel! Like yeah. those are th like that's kind of cool. Oh, and Zach Wilde did uh, in New York. He did it. He did it on his guitar. I remember hanging out that with him. I got in trouble. I was sitting there wild. with him and. All of a sudden, because I had met Zach through uh, Vinnie Paul and Dimebag from Pantera previously. So I saw him walk by. I'm like, oh, I got to go say hi to him. So we're sitting out on his cabinet there, and he's just tuning his guitar. And I lost track of time. And all of a sudden, the guys start walking by. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I got to go get dressed. <laughs> I played terrible. I think I got, I think I got benched that game, actually. <laughs> hey, did, did your meeting – you just mentioned Dimebag, Pantera. So did your meeting these people – stem from that night at Nickelback or were you already on the scene? I went, I met Vinny at his strip club called uh, the clubhouse. 
Uh, and it was just after a game. It was one of those ones after a game. You know, we used to go and because it, it was after hour. Clubhouse was an after hours. It, it stayed open all night long. Yeah. So basically, what 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 happened was, and most concerts are over at eleven. They do their meet and greets by midnight. Those buses would show up at the clubhouse. That was just what all the bands in town did. So one, it was just one of those nights. I was with Hatch and Maddie. We went to, and they were like really close. Luds, Hatch, and Maddie were really close with Vinny and Dimebag. And I just tagged along one night, got to meet him. And that was the beginning of it. I met that the first night I met Vinny and Dimebag, Seven Dust had their, their bus out front, which now is Morgan. Like I got tattooed Morgan on my arm, you know, just like buddies like that from, and it was always the, Hey, listen, if you ever go to a show, don't buy tickets, man. Just, and if we don't know the person, somebody knows someone in that camp. So that was kind of where it started. And, I was one of those guys who were like, well, same goes for you. If you're ever at a hockey game or yeah. you're in the city and you, you have a day off, let me know. I'll talk to my, our guy and they can call the, the team you're in and they'll get you guys tickets. And it wound up being a really give and, good give and take relationship that just has always been around now. We, were, we we came really close with every all these guys. They come to Dallas now and it's just a staple that we go and hang out. It's been 25, almost 30 years. It's been great. And you're in a great spot for it. You had a great career. If you're into music and you play hockey and you really want to, I mean, and from anything, collecting. God, I got so much vinyl over there going into all those cities and going into the record shops. I, I just, yeah, I love it. I, I find it. Hockey can take you on a journey, of course, but the, the, if you follow music, you're a music fan. I mean, you're going to all the best cities in the world. You're getting to... I get it, man. I mean, I'm buddies with Jim Cuddy. Like, I don't want to name Sam Roberts in Montreal. Sam Roberts worked at Shane Corson's restaurant. Yeah, right. right. He was a bartender at first. Right. Then he made it big while we're there. Huge. So, of course, guys on the team, I'm going. And he ended up, a couple years later, we're doing Sarah's Fest. He opens for Stones. And right. some guys, I guess not everybody's into it, but which is fair enough. But I, I used to be like, guys, like Sam is a fucking bartender at Shane. <laughs> he's, he's playing tonight. At first, it was the amphitheater. Then all of it. Right. And over the course, and you know. Through that, you meet other people, and but I was with you. Like I love music, and for me, it was an honor to meet these guys, and Sam included. Sam's a great hockey player, just a little bit small, didn't play in the queue, but but that good. And they would love going to games. I had a, I had a, in my three year contract with Montreal. Even if I was in the minors, I got two tickets to every game. I like that. I didn't even, right. think, but my agent did that for me. So yeah, I used to trade them. So I would be down, and just trade them for usually. Not always, sometimes for suits or whatever, but yeah. I would often give them to my buddies, Jeremy Charles and Sam Roberts, if I didn't trade them. And, you know, I didn't do it for to get anything back, but Sam still is a buddy. And I mean, he played just this summer and we hung out. Um, actually, I was drunk this summer. We hung out. <laughs> uh, this summer, I didn't make it. <laughs> well, I, I watched the show, but uh, I got sidetracked. Uh, cruise, you're going to go on a cruise. And uh, yeah. this is a very personal cruise. You got one teammate that's going to cook for you the whole time. Who do you pick? Who's the chef? Ooh, who's going to cook for me? Man. There's some pretty good cooks out there, actually. Um, Jeez, that's a tough question, dude. Man. Could be anybody. Anybody could be from junior, could be from pro. One of the boys. One of the boys. I, I, I would just be greedy and want to hang out with one of the boys. I'd be like, "Here's a name from the past for you." Is a guy like Craig Stahl, like oh, a guy, like a buddy like oh, that. One of my favorites. Oh, yeah. Like that guy right there. Like 
I don't think I've ever had a bad time with Stolly. Well, yeah, I have when we got in trouble, but he's so much like fun. Because you guys are from Cranberry. Probably the funnest guy I've ever I, I've ever met in my life. Like I, I would know, think, like him him and Mark Bergevin are two of the craziest two guys I've ever met. Like this would just I hear do something random. I, I, I play with guys <laughs> who played with him. Stalzy was just man, just comic relief every day, every oh. day, every day. There was fun in Tri Cities, and his son reached out to me recently. Oh, you know, no you know this track. I know yeah. he went down to the states. I think Columbus for a while. Yeah. And as a firefighter, or was, or whatever, yeah. I get a bit. Yeah. yeah, just recently, just son sent me a message, and so I'm gonna unearth that past soon, and oh, cause, I'll get Stalzy on here. Oh, um, great! I can't wait to hear his pro stories. Oh, um, one player again to score a three pointer. You get ten thousand bucks. Hey, it's right here. It's ten thousand bucks. If this particular player puts it in, who would you pick? Three pointer. You know what? Probably a guy like Rick Jackman. He could throw. He was a good little ball player. He okay. Hands. Didn't expect it. That's why I love to yeah. ask the questions. One yeah. player. One player to solve a crossword that you played with. Oh, smart guys. Probably Paul Martin. Interesting. New Jersey. Smart, smart, smart. Interesting. Uh, heaviest weight you played at? Oh. Okay. Well, when I played here in Fort Worth, that was 04. We had the lockout mm-hmm. and they decided to cancel the season. I think I was 226 and I was about 18% body fat. Okay. <laughs> oh, I was huge, bud. It was a rough one. Yeah, it was pretty bad. You can pack them on like me pretty easy, right? Oh, so if you don't fast. take care of it, it's just oh, gone. Yeah. I love carbs. Yeah. I love I, I love pasta. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I love to eat. The best thing in the world. Yeah, I oh, know. I wish. And it's been so long since I could just eat whatever I wanted. Once in a while, look, I'm not saying that I don't, but I, I just put it on real, yeah, real easy. Um, and it's one of my favorite things to do. Looking back, I so appreciate those days when I just come out and I'd pregame meal and you just fire it all on the plate with chicken and put half white sauce, half red, just mix it all together, garlic bread, and and just be skinnier the next day. Just for those days. The mouth watered, but I know. Give me that metabolism for another month. Just just for a treat. Yeah, then you go home from the road and you lost ten pounds. What the hell? Lost weight. Imagine. Lost weight. Quickly turned around. Yeah, within ten years it goes completely the other way. Okay, last question for Brad Lukowicz, your all-time team. You and I are sitting here, and hypothetically, we get to pick an all-time team of players that have played the game, and in this hypothetical world, they're all in their prime. So they're all 25, 26 years old. You can go with anybody from Cyclone Taylor, Rocket Richard, Sidney Crosby. You get to pick one team to play against my team, but you can't pick any Habs. You can't pick Lemieux, Gretzky, or or Howe. Okay. No Habs. Yeah, that's it. That's the only condition. So now pick your best. You got three forwards, two D, and a goalie, obviously. I'll go with Mo, mm. Holly, yeah. and Ronick up front. Okay. And on the back end, I'm going to go with Rob Blake. Darian Hatcher. 
and who's in net. You you know what you're doing? You're also picking a bunch of beauties. You're 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 yeah. taking like after game heroics in, into it as well, which I love. It all it all the whole it's the whole package. It is the, the whole package. Hey, you would know. <laughs> and probably in net. I gotta go with Eddie. I mean, you gotta go with Eddie, don't you? I mean, you Eddie's again, better. You, you would know that, better. That, than that's I, that's what they keep yelling at the games. Eddie's better. That's what they keep yelling, and it would never be a bad pick. Luco, oh, do you have anything him. to promote before we go? Do you have uh, any website or line of clothing or some shit alcohol out there? What do you got? No, I'm I'm drinking Kingsville. It's Marty Turco's beer, so it's a Canadian beer. Okay, I Down, didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So M Marty's got a Marty Turco's got a beer called Kingsville out of Canada. So I drink his beer. So you can promote. We'll, we'll promote Marty today. He's a good cat. Doing okay. a lot of foundation. He's the head of the Dallas Stars Foundation and raises a lot of money here in town. And like to see him. You know, every every couple of, every now and then we see him. So hey, why not? He's, uh, he's doing well. Um, and then myself. I mean, I, my company's Powerplay Solar. Powerplay Solar. Powerplay Solar. That's basically it. Take your house and fire it up. Great name, and you're getting in at the right time. Uh, listen, sure. it's been unbelievable talking to you today. I really, I, I don't know why we didn't do this earlier. You're one of my favorites. We got a lot in common, and we go right back to the Rocky Mountain League. Uh, so we got to get you down here, big guy. We got some alumni events coming up. We got to, we'll just, yeah. we'll use the ankle injury and try to smooth that in with the guys, and we'll get you fly. Mm -hmm. you know, hey, maybe that's what we where we got to be. Maybe so. Whatever we can just loosely connect. Whatever, because I love traveling. I love it down there. And uh, I know that anywhere I am, if I'm hanging out with you, I'm with beauties. I know that. Oh, yeah. Um, well, thanks for showing up today. And I really appreciate it. We'll talk to you real soon, Bradley. All right. But, well, happy Thanksgiving, by the way, too. Yeah. Jeez, I got you. In. So you got the Cowboys tonight, right? Right now, like at 3 o'clock. We got 3 o'clock. And then, uh, then we're eating dinner. Awesome. And then you're eating dinner. It's Thanksgiving. Dinner. I keep Thanksgiving. forgetting because we already had our Thanksgiving. So listen, yeah. happy Thanksgiving to you. Thanks for doing it on this day that's uh, so important and so very busy for you. I'm really happy that we got to talk early in the day. Uh, hopefully, you know what? Let's say, let's say after Christmas, we're going to have you back on here. And best case scenario in 2023, we're going to have a beer in Dallas at some point. That would be awesome, my man. Okay, thanks a lot, Brad Lukowicz, folks. This has been episode 130B of Tales with TR. If you're in St. John's, Mr. Lube has two locations. Tire orders now available online. The locations are on Torbay Road and Kenmount Road. Remember, live, laugh, lube. Power conditioning on Ropewalk Lane. Strength, movement, and balance for your body and mind. Look good, feel good, play good. And I've been having a great time. I've been feeling real good because I've been going to power conditioning now for at least a month, and I plan on continuing my journey there. Pitbull Pain Relief. Go to pitbullpainrelief.com for more info on the pain sticks that have changed the way I deal with injuries. They work great, folks. Please check it out, pitbullpainrelief.com. True hockey, take what's yours. If you're in St. John's and you're downtown and you want a beer, head to Trinity Pub. Rob Roy, Confusion, Green Sleeves, Bull and Barrel. And TJ's, of course. And if you want a bite to eat, look no further than Merchant Tavern, Blue on Water, or Wedgwood Cafe. Folks, I'll be back in just a few days with another great guest. Thanks to Brad Lukowicz. Thanks for everybody for tuning in. And have a great fucking weekend. I'll catch you all on the rebound. Thanks again. <laughs>